great honor to be here partnering with you guys and this great ministry project Hope Worldwide. Um, the ministry that means so much to me, uh, a ministry that makes a huge difference um, globally. Uh, it's been great being in Oklahoma. This is a nice state, a beautiful state, except for the toll gates. You guys have way too many tolls. I mean, there's like a toll every 10 minutes you have to stop and pay some money. I came through Missouri, and I, was, I, wanted, I, I took an exit because I wanted some gas. And boom, there's a toll gate. I have to pay some money. So I asked this lady, why am I paying money already? I'm just wanting to get gas. Where am I even? Because I didn't know. You know, I was speaking the GPS language. And she said, oh, you're in Miami. This is Miami, uh, Missouri. I was like, okay. So I had to pay. The funny thing, though, is I was driving. There were times that I was uh, going through the, I think it's the lane for the people with passes where you don't stop to pay. I was just zooming through those lanes, and they were just, I could just see the flashes of the, the cameras. Of course, I smiled and waved, and I don't know, I don't know what they're going to send me when I go back to Tennessee. And then another one, I, I went through this lane only to realize that this was only for coins, and I didn't have any coin with me. So I just had to back my car and get in the real land. So it was, it's been fun. <laughs> it's been fun. Um, but it's a beautiful state, uh, except for that part, okay? But it's, it's a beautiful place and uh, great people. I tell you what, hear it from me. Maybe you guys don't hear it enough. Americans are some of the most generous people I've ever met in my life. I don't think you guys understand the difference that you make not only in your country, but globally. So many organizations in my country rely on American donations and American support. You have organizations like the Red Cross. So many humanitarian organizations depend on American support. And it's people like you who are keeping that legacy of generosity going in America. And I don't think you hear it enough. When you take 30 bucks, when you take $50, instead of spending that on something that you would enjoy and just send it outside the country or to Zimbabwe or China, Nicaragua, that might look like a little money or something that is not meaningful but it makes a huge difference. So I'm here to thank you on behalf of the world, on behalf of all the places that you supported, uh, on behalf of even Project Hope Worldwide, you guys have made a huge difference. If America was to drop their support today, so many things in the world would cease to exist. You are a wonderful people, a great nation that has been blessed abundantly by God. I, however, do wish I could stand up here and say, the job is done, we can now go home. Because you have done so much, you have given so much already, but I cannot because the job is yet to be done. As we stand, there are people who are going to bed tonight, it's maybe their third night, fourth night, fifth night, without having food to eat. There are some children today, as we speak, who are dying because they have no food to eat. There are some girls today 
who are going to be sold into slavery, into prostitution, because there's nothing for them to live for according to these people that they're living with. So, what does that mean to us as missionaries? I used to be uh, a summer missionary camp, and one of the statements that I'd always tell this student was, every person is a missionary. This is a gospel that I still preach even when I'm in Zimbabwe. Because so many people in Zimbabwe, we don't take personal responsibility of the Great Commission. If you are to ask an average Zimbabwean today, who is a missionary, they will probably tell you that it's a white person from America. But the moment that we believe in the name of Jesus, no matter how old, how young we are, we become missionaries. I love what Paul Washer says. Paul Washer says, if you are choosing not to be a missionary, you're just choosing to be a bad missionary. If you say, I'm not a missionary, you are simply choosing to be a bad missionary. And he gives this illustration where he says, there are some people that we are sending who are going into the mission field. Those are the ones who are roughing it. And then the church is behind, supporting them. It's like they're holding this rope. If you guys know the well system, system where you put a bucket and you put the rope to get water, the church is holding the rope and is pulling these people out of the well. So as a missionary, you are either going or you're helping send. And for those that are helping send, that are here today, I'm assuming if I was to ask you to show me your hands, there would be scars in your hand. Because when you are pulling that rope and you're getting water from a well, your hands are going to be bruised. I hope none of us in here today has clean hands. Our hands are dirty. Our hands are bruised because we are helping those people who are on the ground, whether they are church planting, whether they are taking care of orphan, because this is our call as missionaries. And everybody is a missionary. I look at orphanages. I believe, I strongly believe, orphanages are God's second chance to a Christian community that has failed to live as he has instructed us to live. Orphanages and other institutions, organized institutions, it's God's way of giving us a second chance to do what we failed to do in the first place. And my prayer today is, when we have been offered this second chance, we don't blow it. We use it. We grab hold of this opportunity that God has given us and do something with it. As I'm sharing with you today, I'm going to be sharing with my story. I'm going to be honest with you. It's not going to be the most, uh, ser- the, 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 the most uh, sermon that is so biblically based, like you always hear an expository sermon from your pastor. I'm going to be sharing about my story, okay? I figure I can take a little break from that and just hear a little bit about my story and what I believe God is doing through uh, the orphan in the whole world. So... I love what Mindy says last year when she was talking about orphan this day. She says the government, the education system, and other social structures were never ever God's plan A for the orphan and the vulnerable. I agree with that 100%. That wasn't God's intentional plan. That wasn't God's plan A to take care of those who are vulnerable and the orphans. I believe 
God is plan A to take care of orphans is me. When we go to heaven, this is something Paul Asher says. God is not going to be like, okay, John, what is your church done for missions? It would be cool for us to do something crazy as a church for missions for this offense. But the question when we face the King of Kings in Judgment Day is going to be, what have you done as an individual? And we might stand up and say, our church does a lot. Our church sends people to Nicaragua. We support these missionaries. We support this, and that's all fine. How about you at a personal level? What has mission cost you? Or what do you do for the world that is so desperate that needs your help? Can you imagine a world in which every child has a place to call home? How beautiful would that place be? How beautiful would that world be? Because I believe every child deserves permanency in a loving and caring family. But that is not happening yet. That has not happened. We still have so many people today who are struggling. They don't have shelter. They, don't, they can't go to school. In 1999, I lost my mom. My dad was the first one to pass on in 1996, I believe. And um, in a country like Zimbabwe, when you lose the breadwinner, when you lose your parents, it's almost like all hope is gone. I remember, I remember actually praying. This is where I really learned how to trust God. I know this, this is something, I don't know how you're going to take this or if you really believe this, but I strongly believe if my parents were alive, I would not be as strong of a Christian as I am today. It is through learning to rely on God that I am where I am today. Because without him, I would not have been here today. When my parents were alive, we were all happy. A happy family, food, clothes, and everything out to the point where they died, and things got worse for us. We didn't have anywhere to go. It was my brother and I. We went to our raw areas to live with our grandmother, who was very old. She didn't do anything. She didn't have money. She just farmed a small plot, took care of a few cows that she had. That was my life. And I remember very well, when I was out in the mountains, in the bushes, herding kettles, my prayer would always be to God, God, please have Make sure I have food so I can see tomorrow. There were times I was too weak to even walk. I'm not kidding. So usually when you hear about mission presentation and offense, you usually see these pictures of skinny kids and all those things. I decided not to do that. Well, you may see a picture of me, one, one or two pictures of me. But guys, these things happen in our world. I used to be like that. I used to be like that. I'm not being taught by anybody. I didn't research this anyway. I used to go for days without food, not because I was choosing to, but because there was nothing to eat. I was hopeless. I didn't have hope. There were churches around us that talked about a loving father. That made no sense to me. How can they be a loving father that has so many worshipers and they walk by my side and don't do anything and let me suffer and let me go to bed with an empty stomach? That gospel was not true in my life. I was never wanting to be a part of that church or worship the God whose disciples can walk by my side in my times of need and do nothing about it. 
I was like, God, I just need food so I can see it tomorrow. All hopes of going to school for me were gone. Clothes, man, I remember, I remember um, there was a point where I was down to two shorts. And I think I had like three t-shirts. And the way I was wearing my shorts, they had holes on them. Not very often. You guys usually dispose of your clothes or donate them before they get a lot of holes. They had holes on my back, both of them. So this is how I would wear them. I would take the first one, wear it, the front side would go on the back, and then wear the other one the right way. That way it's covering my back. This is real. I did this. Those were my only pairs of clothes. And as I was getting into the bathroom to, to take a bath to shower, I would wash them, put them to dry as I am washing myself so that when I'm done taking a shower, I can wear those things. This happened to me. And I want to let you know that I did not choose to be an orphan. There are so many people in our world today, if they had the option, they would still want to live with their parents, with their relatives, they don't want to be orphaned. I didn't choose to be an orphan, and so many people did not choose to be orphans in our world today. Wars, diseases, accident, abuse, drug use is resulting in so many of our young men and women being orphaned, left without parents. I love the story of the Good Samaritan. The lawyer goes and asks Jesus, what can I do to inherit the kingdom of heaven? He's trying to test Jesus. Jesus is saying, you are the expert in the law. You have memorized the Torah, the Pentateuch. You know everything. Why are you asking me this? What does the law say? The law that you specialize in. And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, strength, and mind. And, Jesus said, and he said, and love the Lord your God with everything that you have. And love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, go and do likewise. He doesn't say, go and memorize it. Go and memorize it in Greek. Go and explain it. He says, go and do likewise. We want so many of us Christians to move from memorizing scriptures, from meditating on scriptures, and actually doing what the scripture says. When the Bible says we are called to take care of orphans and widows in their distress, we do that. This world would be a beautiful world if each and every Christian can take that gospel and apply it and do what it says. So, these people, in my country, I know there are so many of them who are still orphans today, and they have no hope, they don't go to school, they have no medicine, they have no clothes, they have no food. These are the people, the, 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 the population that Project Hope is targeting, is helping and is giving them hope. Simply going there and being a light. Let me ask you this, what if these were your children? What if these were your grandchildren? Or better yet, I'm seeing some teenagers in here. What if you were one of these people? A person who doesn't know where their next meal is going to come from, like I was. Do we want our children, our grandchildren, to grow up without that hope? Do we want them to grow up without knowing where they're going to get their next meal from, without clothes, without education? I don't believe so. We wouldn't want that of our children. And so many of us, we make choices in life. And I can guarantee you, the last time you made a choice to buy a car, you did not pray and ask God, God, I'm waiting to hear from you whether I should buy this car or not. 
you did not do that. You saw a need for a car, you went and bought a car. But today we have believers who are waiting to hear God's voice to say, go and sponsor a child. We have believers who are waiting until they hear God's voice that says, go and adopt this child. If God doesn't say that to me directly, I'm not going to do it. He has said it already. And what we need to be doing really is sponsoring as many children as we can, adopting as many children as we can until he says, stop. Because he has already said it. He has said it already. And this is a responsibility not just for the, uh, the older generations. This is a responsibility for the Sunday schoolers. This is a responsibility for the youths. When I was at an orphanage in Zimbabwe, there were some kindergarten that were sending support to the orphanage that I grew up in. There were some youth groups that were coming together and saying, we are going to support somebody who were even younger than I was, but we have been blessed and they wanted to be a blessing. So this is not to the young generation. This is not something that we can only look at our parents and say, well, my dad or my mom is the only one who's working. They're the ones who are going to do that. No. This is a time where as the young generation, you can even say, mom and dad, instead of buying me $20 worth of toys this Christmas, which I might end up shoving in the closet, how about you just buy me 10? And I really want to make a difference in the lives of some orphans than partner with Project Hope worldwide and make a difference in the lives of so many people today. My sister, her name is Butte. She was forced into marriage because nobody was there to take care of her. You can look at a picture right now. She was 15 when she was told by some of our relatives that she needed to get married because nobody would send her to school, nobody would give her food, nobody would buy her clothes. She was forced into marriage. And today there are many more like her who are not only sent and forced into marriage, into prostitution, who are being abused because they have no loving families. We have so many kids today in the world who are joining gangs because they want to belong, because they want a family that is going to support them. And I tell you, I'm even embarrassed to admit these things. Some of those gangs They are there for each other. They support one another more sometimes than we as the Christian community do. And I'm saying, I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with the church that Christ died for, sitting back and relaxing while his people are looking for options of joining into the gang so they can be loved when we are there. We can't let that happen. So my sister, she worked so hard. You can see she was working, she has even a baby on the back, and she was cutting grass, doing all she could to make sure that her her brothers, myself and my brother, have something to eat and are taken care of. And there are so many more people like that. So, orphans don't choose to be orphans. They don't choose to be orphans. Number two, the cost of taking care of orphans It's a lot, but not taking care of them is even more expensive. Folks, World Health Organization, they say approximately 25,000 people, including 10,000 children, are dying each day because of lack of food. 
We are busy right now. The world is busy right now looking for the vaccine for the coronavirus. And it's killing more people. Hunger is still killing so many people. And the sad reality is the vaccine for hunger virus is there and has been found. The vaccine for the hunger virus, if we go in our houses, we look in our trash can, we might find it. That's the vaccine for the hunger virus, but it continues to kill more and more people. Zimbabwe has enough food to, food to feed all the Zimbabweans without even help from America. But we just have some people who have more and would rather throw that food away instead of helping our fellow brothers and sisters. The cost is so high because when we don't help these people, like I said, they're going to end up joining some gangs. Some of them are going to come into our neighborhood. They're going to terrorize us. They're going to do all sorts of harm. We need to catch them while they're still young. We need to give them hope. We need to change their lives. We need to let the light that is talked about in the Bible shine in their lives and give them hope so that they are not sold into prostitution. They are not sold into slavery. They don't go and join gangs. And one of the most breaking things for me is these people, when they die, most of them don't know who Jesus is. Folks, I'm not God, but I've read Romans enough that when you die without God, Jesus is the only way to the Father. Without him, you're not going to make it to heaven. And these people have no one who have told them about Jesus. The gospel makes no sense to them. It doesn't make sense to them because what they hear about this God and the church and what they see on the ground is different. So these people may die without knowing who Jesus is, who their father is. And we can't let that happen. we got to go and show them the love of the Father. The end result of what Project Hope does is not so that at the end of the day, every orphan has food. It's not that every, at the end of the day, every orphan is going to school, every orphan is closed. The end result of this type of mission is the glory of God. When these people have been ushered into the kingdom of God through these services... They stand and praise Jesus, and God is glorified. That is what we are after as a church, the glorification of God. The last point I want to share with you, what happens to these orphans, what happened to me, is for the glory of God. It is for the glory of God. God is doing something that is great, and he wants you and I to be a part of what he's doing. I said earlier on, God can break a wall using an egg just to show the hammer that he doesn't really need the hammer. He can do it. Can God take care of orphans without your help, without your contribution? Yes, he can. He, uh, he owns kettles on a thousand hills. If one of his orphans is hungry, guess what? He's going to sell one of that kettle and he's going to provide for his children. Does he want you to be a part of what he's doing? Yes, and we need to consider it a great privilege that we are joining the mighty king of kings who has the whole world in his hand in doing something great that only he's getting the credit for. That's a great privilege that I don't want us to miss. So what happened to me is for God's glory. We know this. We like to help people who are going to help us back. 
scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. But Jesus brings in something that is different. He's saying when you go out, when you're on a dinner, when you go out for a lunch or dinner, or you have a party, invite people who are not going to pay you back. Invite the lamb, invite the weak, invite the sick, invite the orphan. That service is rendered directly to God. Because they are not going to be able to pay you back. Helping those who are vulnerable is a service that is rendered to God himself. And Matthew chapter 5, 16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I remember when I went hunting one day in Zimbabwe, it was a long, long, long day, and we didn't catch anything. And when we go hunting in Zimbabwe, we use our dogs, we use our axes, we use our spear and knives. We don't use guns usually. So we are hunting. We didn't catch anything. You need to catch something if you are hunting in Zimbabwe or else you are not going to have food to eat. So you see me smile here and talking to you. When you see me in the wild hunting, I'm a totally different creature because I need food. I need meat. I am sorry to all you animal lovers, but when you see me hunting, I'm a totally different person. So we were there for a really long time. To cut the long story short, a bush pig took off running and we started chasing it. We followed it everywhere. We finally killed it, but realized we were so many hours gone and we were lost, we didn't know where we were. It was nighttime. And finally, my brother climbed in a tree and looked from a distance, he saw a light. He said, we don't know where we are, but there is light that is shining over there. And you know what we did? We didn't care if we were going the opposite direction or not. We followed where that light was. We got to the house. They welcomed us, gave us a place to sleep. They told us we were like six hours away from our home. But that light gave us the strength and the hope to go towards it and hope that things were going to get better. You look at Christmas lights. In my country, I'd never seen really Christmas lights, just a little one on these small trees. When I came here, it was shocking and it was amazing to just see the shows that you all put with Christmas lights. But one thing that I thought was interesting, in so many people take down their Christmas decoration or lights, on the 25th at night or the 26th. I remember this past Christmas, my wife and I were driving through a neighborhood and we saw some beautiful lights and we said, we are coming to watch these lights tomorrow because today we are busy doing some other stuff. And when we came back, those lights were gone. They had taken them down. Jesus comes into this earth as the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. He shines. His light is shining. He's, everybody that is coming in contact with is being transformed. Jesus dies, he rises again, goes back to the Father. The last thing he wants is this world to turn back into darkness again. As he was walking Jesus, he sees the people and he says they were helpless. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And he's saying to his disciples, ask the Father of the harvest to send more laborers into the field so that there will be people to work these fields. And the disciples prayed. And you know the answer to that prayer is, it is you and I today. As we sit here today, we are the answer to Jesus' prayer request. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send more workers into the harvest field. And today, we are here as those workers. 
What am I challenging you to do today? Some of you are so tired of the consumerism that is so engulfing this country, that is engulfing the whole world. We are about to approach Christmas where we celebrate, celebrate the least materialistic person who ever lived. And I pray we follow in his footsteps and we don't make it the most materialistic holiday. Instead of buying more toys, instead of buying more stuff that we are only going to put in our closet, let us invest in people that Jesus really died for that are going to make a huge difference in the kingdom. Some of you have been supporting orphans for a long time. I'm here to say thank you. You are making a huge difference in the lives of people that are like me. Some of you have been doing it for a long time to where now you are comfortable. You have been sponsoring one. Maybe it's time to sponsor two. It's time to sponsor three. My wife and I do sponsor a child right now with another orphanage. And we are thinking and praying about even doing more. Maybe sponsor three. Maybe sponsor four. Or better yet, maybe even start adopting. Some of you have been going on this mission trip to church plan to see these orphanages. Maybe it's a time to take it a step further and actually pack your bags and go and be present in these areas and make God's name known. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. I was looking at Project Hope Worldwide. They have so many options when you are donating money to them. It's not only one way. One of the favorite parts that I liked was there's another place that is just blank that you can put the amount that you want. You are not limited. If you have little, you're going to put that. If you have more, you're going to put it. You can put what you have and make a difference into somebody's life. I want to challenge people who are in here. Guys, when you think taking care of orphans around the globe doesn't work, you are wrong. I am a result of a missionary. As you see me stand right here. If it wasn't because of the American missionaries who left the comfort of Indiana and came to Zimbabwe to start an orphanage, I would not be here today. I would not have been here today. Do you have a picture of me? I have two pictures that I want to show you guys. It's not too long ago. But you cannot believe that's me. Of course, that's before the burgers and stuff, all the good stuff you guys have. (laughs) When I show people those pictures, they think I was sick. That's, uh, I think that's like 2014 or 15. I was actually playing soccer for my college. But because somebody in America decided to cut their vacation short and send the money to support me, I am here today. Because somebody decided to skip on their coffee and send some of that money to Zimbabwe where I was, I am here today. And God did wonders through this orphan care ministry in my life. I was able to find God, which is the most important thing. And for the first time, the message of God's love made sense to me. Because believers put into practice what they were preaching. And you know what? Right now, God has helped me start two churches in Zimbabwe. We are about to start our third church. The cool thing is, every person that sent a dollar, a penny, $10, $20 to the orphanage I grew up, they are a part of those churches that I have planted. God is raising up these orphans to do great things that only he is getting the credit for. I have nothing to boast about what God is doing and has done in my life because I don't own any of it. It's all God's. So I'm challenging you today. Some of you who have not, we have been thinking about supporting these children, 
Don't think any further. Just do it. And let me tell you this. I'm not a rich person. I don't have a lot of money, but I think I can afford this. If you support, if you commit to supporting a child for two months and it negatively affects your account and you don't see God work in your life in any other way, I'm going to leave my details. I want you to send me an email and I will reimburse you your money. I mean it. If you commit to supporting a child today or tomorrow and you don't see God work any other way because of that or it negatively impacts your balance, your account to where you can't even pay for your electric bill, let me know. And I promise to take from my own paycheck money and send it to you to reimburse you. God is going to do great things in you when we obey. Father, we thank you for your love. Thank you for this wonderful church, these wonderful people. Father, you know I have great respect for my American brothers and sisters because of their willingness to make a huge difference in the lives of people that they don't even know. God, I think about my own life right now. There are some people who supported me as an orphan in the orphanage. They never met me. I might not even get to meet them on this side of eternity, but someday in heaven, we are going to sit side by side, glorifying you with what you have done through them. There are so many people in this church who have contributed a lot in taking care of the vulnerable, taking care of the orphans. In the mighty name of Jesus, I am praying for a special blessing upon their bank accounts. I am praying that you bless every work of their hand. I am praying that you bless even their plans. I am praying that God, their children are even blessed because of their generosity. And so many are praying for this ministry. So many are going, so many are going on mission trips. Father, we are thanking you for those people. And I'm saying when you come in your kingdom, remember them. And today, Father, as we celebrate the, the revival, the great things that you are doing in the world of the orphans, we can't help but want to be a part of what you are doing. It's a privilege, it's an honor to join into what you are doing, God. It's nothing that we are doing, it's your will. And we are grateful that you are offering us that opportunity to fix what we have done in the past. God, my prayer and Project Hope Worldwide's prayer is to see every child have a place to stay where they are loved, they are cared for, they are told about your loving them in action. Help us love people. Help us love you more. And help us make disciples. In Jesus' name, amen.